Ah, this is Jan Nodfight. And when I'm not shooting people in the park, I'm listening to Murder Metal Mayhem. Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal I'm just going to apologize now to our Scandinavian listeners that heard that and go, what the fuck is wrong with that idiot? The guys convinced me to do the promo this week, you know, beyond, you know, beyond Nodvite. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking yeah. of a Swedish chef, and I uh, think I should have made Swedish meatballs for the podcast. Right. Although we're all remote tonight. Uh, we're not in the same place for uh, – we've done a couple like this, but – been a bit so uh it's good to see you guys we're here doing a new murder metal mayhem but doing a bonus episode right and And unfortunately i haven't got my home studio set up yet so yeah but you got it in progress (laughs) and so we're making it work and uh so it's tuesday but uh, like i said we're doing a bonus and chris you're in uh shawback studios over there and you got uh a really weird poster behind you that joey gave you so (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and the fucking fucked up thing about that uh, that poster is with the sewn up eyes and the razor and shit it's like one of them truth advertisement for not smoking so it's really weird oh that's funny it's an anti-smoking ad so i'm gonna smoke a cigarette while it's back behind me all right, very cool. And tonight you can smoke while you do this because you're not in the studio here. Yeah, yeah. I don't normally smoke in the house either, but there's no kids here, and so hey. I'm just sitting here by myself doing Why this. Not? So I'm like, fuck. Why not? But the the real question is, do you smoke your cigarette with style? Ooh, I smoke my <laughs> cigarettes with style. <laughs> <laughs> and Joey's over there in the four one nine. How's it going, Joey? Doing fine, hanging out over here in Toledo, fucking awesome. Keeping an eye out on my catalytic converter. There you go, and the Henderson Center getting ready to you know, big fucking fight coming. We're going to be talking yep, more about coming. that in the coming weeks, December twenty seventh. Punky and Old Creole at the uh, Henderson Center, so that should be awesome. All right, uh, what t shirts we got going on tonight, Chris? What are you wearing over there? Uh, I got the old fucking rotten crotch shirt on. Fucking hell nice. yeah. Fuck yeah. Nice. But, uh, yeah. Nothing says holiday quite like a rotten crotch shirt, you know? Shit. No, I mean, I do have my Christmas tree to my right over here. So. Oh, wow. You already got your tree <laughs> up. We haven't done that yet. So, Joey, what about oh, yeah. you? Uh, looks like a 419 shirt. Got the 419 shirt. Nice. Boom. <laughs> and the fucking uh, murder machine clothing hoodie. But, yeah. 419 represent. That's awesome. And I got my Benediction shirt on, which is a cool shirt. But truth be told, I have a dissection shirt. I could not find it in my sea of black concert shirts. And I know you guys (laughs) understand that because you're, I know, Joey, you've talked about it. But it's like, I know I got one. I bought one after I started listening to him and, uh, and so I'm jacked. I couldn't wear it uh, for this. So anyway, and of course, CCK, oh, yeah. 
CCK's over there in the corner with his metal blade shirt on, throwing up the horns. Fuck yeah, dude. And uh, yeah, so everything's set up here for a little bonus episode. So, uh, so yeah, it should be fun tonight. Um, last week, though, we did our episode on old Roger Rogerson, the old disgraced former Australian you know detective. Your kid Roger, was your last name? I don't know, man. I don't get parents <laughs> that do that, but I don't know if they think it's funny or whatever, but unique. But uh, the Australian detective that was convicted of murder also was doing all sorts of dirty shit, bribes, planning evidence, beating up suspects, selling drugs. I mean, all kinds of shit. Um, and we had our buddy Mick on with us, which was awesome, the former Australian oh, yeah. police officer. And he was talking about it from his perspective, which was great. And uh, Joey, you did an Australian band last week. Who was that? Uh, we did sadistic execution. Hell yeah, with the strange spelling, but uh, very unique. Yes, yes. Uh, kick-ass band for sure. And we did a good killer cage match and some mayhem from me and, and a lot more. So we were passing about 800 to that. So it was a good episode. And so if you missed that, go check it out. Episode 201. So weird saying 200 now. We've been doing this for a while and uh we were in the hundreds for an awfully long time almost well about two years so it takes a while to get past these big milestones like 200 episodes uh we also Talking put out right a here. bonus episode which was the full interview that i did with mick uh, about 50 minutes long and we talked mostly about old roger rogerson but also some Catherine knight chris i know you love talking about her she's a skinning ass bitch that's God right. Damn, and fucking cannibalistic. Right? Knife set above the bed and uh, skins her boyfriend and puts the fucking skin on a hook. I mean, brutal shit. So we talked about that. We're about 300 on that one so far. So go check it out. It's a great conversation. Just for Mick's accent, it's worth checking out. He's got that great Australian accent, and we have a lot of fun whenever we bring him in, in into an episode. So very, very cool stuff. Speak, speaking of cannibals, yeah. after don't record, in between real quick, remind me, I can't find a good one that would be fucking fun. Okay. Cannibals are fun. I mean, you know, why not, <laughs> why not right? So, yeah, so that's cool. Always up to hear that. Um, so tonight, though, we're doing a bonus episode, which means it's not the usual murder, metal, mayhem <laughs> format. Uh, that it, you know, you listeners are used to. So if you're new and this is like your first time hearing this, this is different. Um, but we pick a single topic and that's the episode. So tonight, uh, that's what we're doing. And we do have a lot of, you know, listeners who like the shorter bonus episodes, just kind of change of pace. And sometimes it's on a topic that we might not normally feature. Tonight, though, is very unique because we're doing. Uh, the band dissection, but right. Joey, this is a, a different one because it's not just about a band. I mean, this is a kind of a unique oh, situation. Yeah, it's about a uh, a, a homicide that occurred right. that is connected with the band, but um, that definitely it, it was a pretty big deal. And then 
based on, you know, that country's laws and everything. The guy did his time. Right. He gets out and then continues to do what he's doing yeah. as a free man. So right. we're, we're going to talk all about that, though. Yeah, it's a definitely a, an interesting situation because uh, the, the leader, the founder of the band, the guy that wrote most of the stuff, old John Nodvite or Jan, as they would say it, um, convicted, does his time, like you said, Joey, gets out and keeps it going. Uh, but that's not even the end of the story. I mean, it is a wild one with a very, uh, you know, rare occasion for us to have a single story with murder, metal, and mayhem all rolled up into one. Um, and, you know, this one's got some interesting angles with the Satanism side of this. Uh, of course, the band being an extreme band, kind of like the stuff we love to talk about. And of course, that that murder in that park. So it, it'll be a good one. If you're not familiar with it, I think you'll definitely learn something and may want to go check out more about it because there are some decent uh, documentaries. Most of them are Swedish, so you have to have subtitles, but uh, but uh, that's good stuff. So thanks to everybody that's out there listening to Murder Metal Mayhem. We keep seeing those numbers coming in. This week, we're a couple hundred more than last week, about 2,600. So thank you to everybody that listened. And we know this time of year is weird with the holidays. And like, Joey, you're so damn busy at work. You know, there's other people working in those fields that are busy as shit right now. So we get it. And uh, and we appreciate the, those of you that are listening. So, all right. Well, very good. Well, Chris, what the hell do we need to do? Well, I'm going to say what we need to do. We need to get our murder metal and mayhem on. That was some dissection in the song Where Dead Angels Die. Definitely a nice Christmas song uh, from their 2006 classic and fan favorite album, actually, Storm of the Lights Bane. Um, Not quite my cup of tea, but, but, you know, it's it's a black metal is not usually my thing, but I can listen to some of it. And we're going to talk about which of their albums I liked uh, the most, but uh, that one is not totally my thing. Um, Now, I did an interview with the band Schizophrenia a few months ago, um, and I asked them what bands they were listening to that our listeners might not know about. I always do that. And the singer, uh, Ricky, said that, uh, you know, he's talking about some different bands that somehow or another he found or he said dissection, and I knew of dissection, but I didn't really remember what they sounded like. So I went and checked it out, and I really liked them. Um, but then when I found out about the singer, uh, John Nodvite, um, and his dark story and how he involved you know, this satanic cult or group that he belonged to and this murder, and you know, was it a hate crime? Was it a sacrifice? I mean, it definitely knew it would be a great subject for us to do in a bonus type episode like this, since it does involve all three things that uh, we call our podcast. So 
What do you guys Definitely. What do you guys think about this? I mean, were were you guys familiar with uh, dissection? Me personally, I've like I've heard their music shit, and I knew that they murdered some dude and he was a gay dude, but I never really like really got deep into it or anything like that. So like I knew about it. That's about it. That's cool, Joey. What about you? Uh, I like dissection. Back in the day, I listened to them for the first two albums, and then, uh, like you said, black metal isn't really my biggest deal, so I'd lose interest in that pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but the the song that we just played for bumper music, uh, uh, "Where Dead Angels Die," right? That uh, we covered that song in the band "Aborted Deity" that I did oh, nice. with uh, Michael Simeone, and oh, so cool. we never. Oh yeah, I remember we that. Never, yeah, we never recorded it, but we would play it live a couple times. Oh, that's shit. cool. So, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I I wasn't real familiar with them. I started at the beginning, was like, eh, it's all right, not really my thing. But the last one, I, I definitely liked. All right, yeah. um, very cool. Well, uh, definitely interesting to talk about this one. Uh, these guys uh, began as a band in 1989 in Stromsdad, Sweden. Uh, the founders, uh, the guitarist and singer, as we mentioned, John Nodvite, and bassist Peter Palmdahl. Uh, they actually started out, I saw, as a thrash band in 88 um, under the band name Sirens Yell uh, and recorded a demo. Right. Yeah, kind of a weird name. It might have been one of those translation things. It might have sounded cool in Swedish, but translated it sounds funny. I'm not sure. Uh, but like most bands, they went through several lineup changes over the years. They added a second guitarist in 91 uh, to kind of round out the sound. And I am not typically a fan of metal bands with one guitar player. There are some definite exceptions because a lot of times in the solo sections, it really drops out. Unless the bass player is a monster, and I'm going to use the example of Black Sabbath with Geezer Butler just bringing it. They wrote those songs around that kind of format, and especially in the time they were, you know, the 70s, that was more of a thing. But to me, I really like having that meat of that second guitar player. And Joey, you're a guitarist. And I know you do a one-man band with Gormonger, but you've been in other bands. You already mentioned one just a moment ago. But what do you think about that whole one guitar versus the two guitar attack? I mean, I think that you're always going to be able to do more with two guitarists. Uh, you got two minds right. being able to do two different things. Right. You could do and, harmonies if you wanted to, which yeah. is cool. For certain genres more than others, yeah. you know. Um, there's, uh, there's, there's some bands though, like, um, insidious decrepancy, Sean Whitaker, or even putrid pile. I'll put him in the category, but like, they're such badass musicians and guitarists naturally anyway, that even though there's only one of them playing guitar, I can equally sit there and enjoy watching what they're doing and, and know that what they're doing is one person to make the noises coming out of the, the speakers or whatever. Oh, is sure. Pretty intense. Yeah. You know? So yeah, both ways I can see it, but I, as far as like, um, I knew you that, went both ways. Yeah. <laughs> but, ba but bands that like full, 
that have a full fucking uh, setup. I like them better with two guitars. Yeah. Yeah. I know in low 12, we started out as two guitars and then Tim left and we stayed as a three piece, but then we wrote the music around that. So the, the solo sections were more designed for, the guitar player to solo and me to play the bass, you know, bass line through the solo. And it sounded right because that's how the songs were written. But to try to play the two guitar songs, you could definitely feel, I I felt more of a drop off when the solo sections and stuff come, you know? Yeah. I was just curious what you thought as a guitar player yourself. Well, and then you got like the fucking, the the very rare the three piece guitar attack like Iron Maiden would do. Or, oh know. God, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that and almost every instance of that, it's almost like there's too much going on for me. Like, well, with, I get what you're doing, but whew. yeah, with them that that third guy, like we've joked around, but he legitimately there's videos on YouTube of them <laughs> like with just the solo of his track. And it's yeah. like, no, he's like off for a majority of it. And he'll come in for a solo here and there. And he's like, basically just fucking around. He's throwing his guitar in the air. He just, I know we've talked about it with CK before. I just fucking always drives it's me fucking crazy. Hype man. Craig drives me crazy, but seems like a nice enough guy. And he has fun with it. You know, he, he says, you know, that he's, he's in the, he's in my, I'm in my favorite band you know, and, and it's like the coolest thing ever. Like, why wouldn't I want to be happy about it and jumping around? So whatever, you know, it's just, it's just weird. But, uh, all right. So March in 1993, they released their first album, which is called the somber lane, uh, which is dedicated to the recently murdered Uranimus. No big surprise of course it was. there. Right. Um, and <laughs> they would relocate to, uh, Gothenburg, at this time it's funny too mentioning guys euronymous because we did cover mayhem in a in our 50th yeah. episode yeah. as a matter of fact we God did the band mayhem. 50th episode? the Holy 50th shit. yeah oh yeah it was because that's where we had all the all the people out here yeah. yeah so we Holy did fuck, mayhem dude. if if you like that story go listen to our 50th episode. It was quite the extravaganza and we had bands playing. I mean, it was wild. And we did that one on, uh, with, uh, mayhem as the, the metal feature. Um, or yeah. was it the murder feature too? I don't remember how we did that. I think but. it was all just black metal. Okay. All right. I think the whole episode was black metal. If I remember right. Yeah. I don't remember. Had, so like, maybe I'll have to go listen to the 50th episode. We had chalk in and a bit of collapse. Yeah, that was great. That was really a great, great time. Uh, the things, but uh, the <laughs> dissection gets signed to Nuclear Blast and released a second album, the one that I mentioned earlier, Storm of the Lights Bane. And then in 2006, they did a tour with Cradle of Filth, which for a black metal band, that's the big time that's for huge. sure. Gives them tons of exposure and really probably turned them on to a bunch of new fans, I'm sure. Now, Chris, old John Nodvite and some friends would start this satanic organization. What was the deal with this, man? It sounds kind of sign of an ominous uh, thing, man. I mean, it's the misanthropic uh, Luciferian order, so got to love the fucking name for sure. Right. Like, come on, man. But it's like the MLO. Swedish. It's, yeah, fucking it's... 
fucking Swedish, fucking Norwegian, Scandinavian black metal, of course they're going to be evil, dude. They got to right. come up with the most darkest <laughs> shit you could ever come up with. Fucking also, like you said, known uh, known as uh, the Temple of Black Light. So come on, man. I, when I heard that Temple of Black Light, I wonder if that's the organization that goes around to hotel rooms when they do those disgusting <laughs> news stories about all the jizz in the fucking hotel room. Like, is that who does that's that? That's exactly what that is. Is the Temple of the Black Light? I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> I fucking hate those stories. And don't ever take a black light into a fucking cheap hotel room. Don't oh, God. I, and anytime I like, ever saw mm. one of those episodes like that, it was always when I was in a hotel room. So I'm like, of just course. completely disgusted. But uh, as a matter of fact, of I think one time, maybe next week, I'll do a mayhem story about me staying in a nasty hotel and dropping the, I'm just to, just to tease, I dropped the remote in the cushion. I was in a recliner watching a baseball game and the remote dropped in to the cushion. Don't reach in there. I got ready to reach in there and stopped, but I'm going to tease with that because next week <laughs> I'll tell you the full story. Uh, it's pretty funny now, but not funny at the time. So I got, uh, a funny, uh, I got a funny hotel story too. We could tell oh, hotel stories. Amazing. That would be great. That would be great, Joey. Yeah, Fuck yeah. I don't have no hotel stories. <laughs> so Joey hey, we had some good ones whenever we were working on the road. Remember yeah, all that's the what blood in the fucking elevator? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. We got some good hotel stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we definitely could probably do a couple episodes of those. Now, Joey, I mean, we know these Scandinavian black metal bands all about the Satan thing, but um, you know, John was definitely into that scene beyond what I think like kind of a surface you know, just for show, like Venom and some of those guys. This dude was, like, really into that stuff. Yeah, he was very, very much into it and fucking studied and practiced very, very dark elements, obviously. And Yeah. Uh, you know, the this is, this is the 90s, and back then, especially, like, coming out of the European black metal scene and shit, like, mm -hmm. there was a very serious um almost like a fucking desire and a need to prove yourself right. as one of these fucking satanic or brutal motherfuckers and and they took things to a new extreme obviously varg burning down the churches and right, um, right. a couple other using know, that death too. photo for their album cover i mean it's pretty fucked yeah. up shit you know yeah i mean all them dudes were they were all out there trying to up the ante and they definitely they didn't they weren't like oh that's just music that's not how we really are that's just you guys are reading it these are dudes are like no we make the music because that's how we are and that's what we fucking feel and do in our in our lives that's true and i mean i'm sure we get we get a lot of listens when we did the levee a lot of listens to the crowley episode the witchcraft episode we've got listeners that like that sort of thing and like it we're not here to say that we think it's dumb or anything like that it it's something i know nothing about um but i could respect hey he was really into it but it certainly led him down a a, a you know a bad path for sure um so even though the band was kind of at its peak of popularity and success, like with most bands, you got the internal fucking crap that gets in the way. 
So the bassist and co-founder, Peter Palmdahl, left the band and was replaced by John's brother, Emil. Um, the other <laughs> guitar player was kind of off the radar for a while. Things got really fucked up. Of course, when John Nodvite ends up getting in some legal trouble about that incident at Kyler's Park, um, which was a huge news story, as Joey correctly pointed out. Um, this is where the band's story hits kind of that pause button and John Nodvite gets himself into quite the mess. Um, oh, yeah, he's locked up. Yeah, I mean, if you look up uh, the Kyler's Park murder, it's got its own Wikipedia page. There's quite a few videos right. on this on on YouTube. Um, but uh, it's a very famous uh, Swedish case. You know, they don't have a lot of murder over there. So when something like this happens, and especially in this case, um, you know, you have a gay male victim. So the authorities are suspicious that this could have been uh, considered a hate crime, which, of course, draws a lot more attention, especially with the media. And, you know, some things here are, you know, very much the same. Uh, to me, personally, a murder is a murder. I don't understand yeah, why it matters matter. because I don't know how killing somebody isn't a hateful act as it is. You know what I mean? Like, unless it's right. an accident, how how well, can you say murder, killing right? somebody isn't a hateful thing? You know, I don't know. But yeah, if you accidentally kill somebody, that's not a murder. Though. No, that's right. It's an accident. I, that's what I'm saying. But if you're legitimately trying to kill somebody, to me, that that's that's not a anything much less than a straight up hateful act. But, um, you know, these hate crimes definitely bear more, you know, weight with sentencing and stuff like that. So Chris, this is going on in uh, July of 1997. And what happens with old John Nodvite? He fucking be hanging out with his, uh, MLO buddy, fucking Vlad and shit. Right. Cool. Fucking, name. They've already been drinking. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, but they all fucking, they've been drinking or whatever already, and they're walking through this, like, what is it, Kyler's? Is that how you pronounce it? That's what I, that's how I'm pronouncing it. I'm not 100%. Yeah, Kyler's part, which is a known fucking uh, area that gay dudes hang out with. Well, they were just walking already fucked up. Right. And then this dude walks up to him like, like sees their appearance or whatever. And I guess it initially starts out asking him about Satanism and wants to learn more about it or whatever. Right. So they invite him over to, uh, was it John's or Vlad's house? I can't remember which. No, one. they did. This all happened in the park. Right, right, right. But they invited him somewhere. Oh. But then they started realizing through I his actions you. or whatever, how he was and his demeanor <laughs> that, oh, wait, this dude's gay too. But they had also been previously talking about human <clears throat> sacrifice. So, like, who the fuck knows what was going on in their minds at that point in time, but eventually it got to the point where they just, like, pulled out a gun and shot two times, and that that was that for Homeboy. I can't remember his name. What was his name? Um, his name was uh, Joseph, Joseph Ben Medor. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, he's following him around. He's kind of pestering him, um, and, you know, uh, they – obviously knew he was gay he was in this kyler's park so you have to wonder did they go there with the intent to kill a gay man or was he just they were in kyler's park 
Right. That's true. Uh, but that's what I'm wondering <laughs> if that's why they went there. You know, that's of course the, the million dollar question here, but you know, and we're talking about this case and we're, you know, this dude's in a band and we're saying all these things, but let's also remember that. I think that fucking that John, he was only 22 at the time and Barry was right. 20. So these are right. These, these aren't really like older men. These are pretty much still young, kids. Right. Young dudes. Yeah, yeah. They're young. So, I mean, the mentality and, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, you talk about these cases and you, you picture these dudes as big, brutal death metal dudes. But at this time, these are all just young dudes and shit. So, right. Yeah. It's funny too, Joey. You said, Joey, you said Varg instead oh, of Vlad. Yeah, yeah. I laughed just because we were yeah, talking yeah. about mayhem and stuff. So Right. So in case any listener wants to try to pull a gotcha there, we we, we got it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's definitely uh, some... No, I think know, he meant Mark talking about at the same time. time no, I, I, well, no, I did mean oh, Vlad. You are talking yeah. about Vlad? All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but so, also... I was fucked yeah, up myself, too. <laughs> I was fucked up like, yeah, because Varg was young when he fucking killed Gerard. Yeah. And shit. True, true. Yeah. I mean, you think about I was thinking what, what kind of dumb head, shit man. were we doing when we were 20, 21, yeah. you know? And I was thinking about all them people that just fucking watched like the Lords of Chaos movie when it came out and like right. that whole story, that was like a really dark story that was told through the fucking book Lords of Chaos, and most people knew it that way. Right. And then whenever they put it on, on the screen, then you see that you know how young all they were and they're right. kind of naive and fucking right. I don't know, fucking just trying to be cool and fucking one up each other, basically. And yeah. I think everything that we're talking about here somehow falls kind of in that line too. So. I would agree, Joey. I, agree. I mean, they tried to tase him, but that doesn't work, Joey. So they no, fucking. No. So what winds up happening, man? I mean, they fucking they they did tase him, but fucking it didn't end up hurting him. So. Uh, Vlad ends up pulling out the fucking gun. He shoots him. I think he shot him twice, right? Shot him in the back. He shot him in the back and he rolled down a hill. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. then he was shot again in the head. And that's where you get into right, some of these yeah. contradictory that's stories. Yeah. yeah. Cause now things get interesting. So at first though, the police think that, um, Joseph's boyfriend was involved. Cause that's usually the case. When you know you have a spouse or a you know boyfriend girlfriend, yeah. whatever significant other, the significant other is the first one they go to, but they figure it out. He had nothing to do with it, um, but they really didn't know what happened. So a few months later, Vlad's ex girlfriend, the ex girlfriends will get you every time, right? Every uh, fucking time. Dude. Contacted the police about him. She goes into the police station, tells him he's been abusive. And then apparently one thing leads to another. And she winds up telling the cops that Vlad told her about what happened at Kyler's park. And she knew that he had this friend, John, who had been with him and that they both belonged to that MLO, the satanic group. And he said, Vlad told her that he shot Joseph in the back. He rolled down the hill right. and then John uh, Nodvite was the him. one that shot him in the head. So of course the cops go to John's place. They find this whole satanic setup with the, you know, all these, you know, candles and skulls and all this dark, 
you know, satanic imagery. He's, of course, into death and black metal. And that's freaking him out. You got the whole satanic panic still, I think, going on here. So, Chris, I mean, that shit's not going to help the situation with all that satanic, you know, devil worship, so to speak, stuff all over the place. That never, ever helps anything. No. If uh, Like the West Memphis 3, right? (laughs) Yeah, the West Memphis 3 or anything like that. If you... uh, if you're one hundred percent or one hundred percent completely innocent of anything at all, that aspect comes out, and they're going to find everything surrounding you being in a satanic culture or anything like that. And any bad thing you've done, there's going to be like, oh, he's a satanist. He fucking did that for that reason. Right. And every it, it never helps anybody's case, which no. I think is fucked up because because Christianity helps people's cases. So one religion send you on this way but just because i believe this right it's all bad and shit so i think yeah it's it's the satanic shit never helps anything no and in a courtroom setting they start reading lyrics to some of this shit out loud and you got people freaking the fuck out you know i mean seriously don't worry about my song lyrics the songs i listen to go read your bible and see how fucked up that shit is exactly (laughs) yeah there's plenty of plenty of violence in the bible for sure but i agree with you though chris it is weird how the you know one particular religion or belief system is like so shunned and made out to be like this horrible thing and it's like whatever you know i mean i and i'm not like whatever i'm not a religious person you know you guys ain't either fucking but like the thing about it is like it's uh, like Christianity is that way. But even say if it was like a Muslim dude, they're going to bring it back on him for being, at least in the United States, right. they're going to bring it back on him for being Muslim or whatever. Right. And that's bullshit. No, it is. So yeah. It's, but, but for real Christianity is probably the worst word. Uh, Satanism is the worst one to have on your side when you're in a courtroom because yeah. they're going to just bring everything down on you. Definitely. Definitely. So both Vlad and John are brought in, and at first they deny any kind of involvement, but eventually old John Nodvite confesses, tells the police that they were out drinking, as we mentioned, and they were in Gothenburg. Vlad and John went off on their own. They're kind of roaming around. Probably not a whole lot of good happening with that situation, but like we said, they were pretty young. Um, and maybe they went to Kyler's park with that purpose. Who knows? Um, I did hear as uh, you, one of you guys said, you know, the MLO was into apparently human sacrifice. So it is hard to say whether that was the motivation. Like Joey said, you know, I remember, you know, in my early days playing, which was have been, you know, the, the mid eighties, um, bands were trying to kind of outdo each other at that time, you know, right. trying to see who was the most badass, who was the most evil and dark. And you could see how guys right. out drinking, you know, especially if you got a fucking gun on you. I mean, that could lead to what happens, you know, here at Kyler's Park with these two. Um, and then you got one of your homies in the same mindset egging you on, like, let's fucking do this, dude. All fucked up. Like, all right, we can do this and get away with it. Right, right. I mean, Joey, we we talked about this last week with Roger Rogerson and his old buddy McNamara. Each one of these two points the finger at the other. So John said Vlad did it, and Vlad said John was the one that fired the fatal shot. But, you know, that's that happens all the time. 
I thought it was kind of strange that that's how it went down, honestly, because these dudes were trying to be so so fucking satanic and metal oh, about it. Right. You would have thought that one of them been like, fuck yeah, I shot that motherfucker, you know? Right. Yeah. They right. Know, but both, both of them were like, no, he did it, he did it, but it didn't matter anyway because they both got convicted of the crime and got the same amount of fucking years. Exactly. They might have got a little more that, street cred if they would have been like, fuck yeah, we both shot Yeah, him. because, yeah, <laughs> you were going to get you were going to get in trouble anyway. Yeah. There's no so, way you're getting out of that one. And, and, and where you live, there's only a fucking an extended amount of time that you can do time right. in prison system. So you're only going to do the 10 years anyway, right? Regardless. So yeah. Why yeah. not fucking get the clout with it? Exactly. Too, you know? Like J rock and I, fucking trailer park boys, you know? And fucking going back to fucking uh, mayhem, Vart fucking, he may have said it was self-defense, but he didn't deny fucking doing it. He's like, yeah, I fucking stabbed him. Like, right. these guys are like, no, it was him. Uh-uh. Right. So but, that. And, and all them dudes back then, like fucking uh, Varg and fucking Euronymous and fucking that whole scene. And then fucking, you know, is whenever they fucking would commit these crimes, fucking the churches or the fucking the murders and things like that, they always went back to the fucking their core group of fucking friends or their cult or whatever and right. they would tell them about it yeah like they were fucking bragging about it oh yeah. sure and, uh, this one was weirder that fucking they ended up both fucking pointing fingers at each other and neither one of them wanted to admit to it even though he, there was only three people involved in that situation one's dead right you know right 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 so the police felt that there was a mix of reasons why they killed Joseph. You know, the Satanism angle, the black metal they listened to, maybe some homophobia, maybe just wrong place, wrong time, you know, drinking and just one thing led to another. So we're never really going to know what that motivation was, but I think it's interesting to kind of discuss between us what it is, you know. Um, but both I these guys. Every time I drink, I just want to murder. <laughs> well remind me well you're always out here drinking i don't want you to murder me while you're out here so <laughs> now both vlad and john nodvite were sentenced to 10 years for the murder so yeah sweden they don't get a lot of you know hard time um and they got also some time for the illegal possession of a firearm uh, but total 10 years um and it's amazing though you know how little time they get and both of these guys get out early in 2004. So seven years they pulled, um, and uh, they're out. They served their time. And uh, Chris, while Joel John's in prison, he's fucking pretty busy writing some songs. Hey, man, you got a band that you just recently got, like, thrown away from by the government, and you're like, instantly, what's in your head? You're like, I got 10 years. I got 10 years. I get out of here. I'm starting this band up again. So you just write music the whole fucking time. Right. A whole slew of shit ready to go as soon as he gets out. So, I mean, what else would you do if you knew you only had 10 years for a murder? I'd be writing songs about murder. Yeah, exactly. I wonder <laughs> if, you know, because he was in Sweden, I wonder if they gave him like recording stuff or he's like recording it and everything in prison. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be fucking. I don't think it was I that mean, ridiculous, but he was. Yeah, I'm sure he had a guitar either. or something like that. They let him have to play. Probably, you can get yeah. guitars in prison here. Yeah, that's I true. Think, yeah, yeah. Acoustics. Yeah, S some prisons. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess it would depend on where you're at. Yeah, so uh, so interesting. Um, and so John, uh, go ahead. So, so I was going to say. So then there's the there's the question now. This dude committed this murder. He did his time for it. He gets out and he starts up a band dissection again. And then he's like, Hey, you want to be in my band with me? You know what I'm saying? Right. Do you be in this band with this dude who <laughs> fucking obviously is a murderer? Yeah. And it made me, th- while I was doing the research for this, it made me think of the, the Tim Lambesis case. Right. Who, for as I lay dying, the vocalist and founder of that, he, uh, you know, yeah. fucking tried to hire a hitman to kill his wife and got yeah. popped off and he, he ended up doing time. And whenever he was locked up, like the rest of the band's like, no way would we ever fucking be with that dude again, you know? But as soon as he got fucking let out, he fucking was right back in the band and they were touring again. Right. And it's like, it's like, well, it, the dude did his time for that crime. Like he got sentenced, right. he got caught. It's not like he didn't get fucking in trouble for it. He did, and he served right. his time. So right. that's like the same kind of thing with 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 Jan that we're talking about here. It's like, okay, you you did some horrible shit, but you did your cry your time, you know? Right. I don't know. Yeah, right. I mean, for whatever we believe about the sentencing and stuff, that's what they gave him. That's what he did. He got out. Yeah. I mean, they get out early here too. It's not like you know. But could you be in a band with that dude after all that shit and not like, feel no someone fucking? Yeah, like, uh, are you going to kill me tonight? Or? <laughs> It'd be weird. I don't know. It, it's hard to say, yeah. but it, it would yeah. be very don't odd. Don't give this guy booze. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah don't get him drunk. Yeah, I'm makes... sorry I hit the wrong baseline. You know? <laughs> <laughs> pop, pop, pop. So, uh, so, yeah, he starts up dissection again. It's just him. So he starts it up all from scratch, all new band members, but they had to agree on the satanic concept. So I'm guessing that maybe the other band maybe wasn't into that stuff like he was. I know that was the case with Merciful Fate. There was some infighting with Hank Sherman and King Diamond because he wasn't up for, you know, all that satanic stuff. And so it was actually like wearing like stupid outfits on stage to kind of, you know, go against the grain and really pissed off King Diamond, you know, but these guys signed on to it. They were all about it, and uh, that was part of the deal. And that, and that shows you how much fucking clout he had for murder because these other guys are just like, fuck yeah, we want to fucking be in a band with you. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, he's already an established, you know, signed, a, you know, or was signed to Nuclear Blast, and, you know, I'm sure the prison thing certainly got, you know, maybe some, you know, quite a bit of media. So, I mean, people definitely knew sure. who he was. Um, they go in and record in 2006, released Rhine Chaos, which was, uh, they did it on their own. So apparently they were not on Nuclear Blast. Maybe maybe they didn't want to be part of that uh, with him. Um, interestingly, um, they also released it instrumentally. I'd never seen a band do that before, but if you go on their streaming, they've got Rhine Chaos with vocals and without um, I didn't listen I, to the, the to I, the instrumental stuff, but that's kind of cool, really. I covered Shadow of Intent. They did that. They do that with their albums. Oh, okay, all right, that's cool. I was going to tell yeah, you, Chris. I, I was watching a, a countdown on YouTube 
of the most extreme bands, and one of them was that band you did from Connecticut. What was that? Imperial. Oh, I'm uh, um, uh, from New York. They're fucking. Uh, God damn it! Why you got me on the spot? Like sorry. Imperial Triumphant. There you go. Yeah, I thought they were from Connecticut. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, holy shit! Yeah, Chris did these guys in fucking metal. It was fucking out there. But uh, oh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, these guys released this album both with and without vocals, um, and uh, that was the last album they did. There is some live stuff in their catalog. Um, they did a short tour for Ryan Chaos. Were supposed to come to the U.S., but John Nodvite was not able to get in due to his record, huh. so they Can't weren't able to get over here. <laughs> right. So Joey, the band eventually would wind up splitting up, but that's not the end of the story here with old John Nodvite. No, because he basically said that, you know, at that point he had lived everything in life that he could. He had achieved all the goals that he was going to achieve. And so he was at the, the, the greatest point that he could be in this form in this life. So up in his apartment, he fucking surrounded himself with a bunch of candles and satanic ritual shit. Right. And he fucking killed himself, committed suicide. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. But like you said, he thought he had reached the pinnacle and anything would be down from that point. So he just shot yeah. himself and, and that was that. Um, and uh, they did say that there was a satanic Bible, uh, the one from Anton LaVey next to him, but that was later found out to be incorrect. Um, it was actually a book written by the guy that started that MLO. And to me, I'm guessing that, that the people from MLO would have thought LaVey was like a fucking poser. When I'm it curious comes about to, that book. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think the name of it, if you... Google it. I think they they did list what the, what it was called, but it was written by the guy that founded that MLO. And uh, but I'm thinking one they of the would, Ten Commandments is get drunk, go to a park, and kill somebody. I guess. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they would probably think Anton Lavey was a fucking poser. You know, would be my guess. So. Right. But uh, yeah, so that's a, a very interesting end to this story. So with the death of John. You got, you know, any hopes of a reunion and pretty much over with. So that would be the end. They got three albums, some live stuff. And uh, if you're not familiar with them, you know, go on and check them out. I, like I said, I liked Ryan Cass the most of all. I'm not really into black metal, but to me, this was a little bit more like straight up metal with definitely dark uh, lyrics because it's mostly about the satanic stuff, but I'm not really totally into that shit, but it doesn't upset me. It's just like, whatever. Um, but right, I can it listen to it. it. Yeah. It doesn't really phase me, but, uh, but it's good. I mean, there's some really good songs on there. I'm going to play one here at the end. I'm going to play the whole song. So, uh, Chris, Joey, anything to add to, uh, the dissection slash John or Jan Nodvite story? Man, I got nothing. Just uh, if you're in a band and you want to get famous, I guess murder somebody. I guess. I, it's <laughs> fucking crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's happened more than once. You know, I mean, these a lot of these black metal bands have done some pretty dark shit, you know. So 
it's uh it's fascinating that somebody would take it to that extreme that's for damn sure but uh, you know i think uh you know alcohol drugs male ego and and all that wanting to be more badass more brutal than the next guy i think is what probably led to what happened here tonight you know so uh, we hope you guys like this one, uh, combining Murder Metal and Mayhem all in one. Uh, we did it's that. short tonight, guys. That's right. We did that in the 50th. So if you like the, the, the subject matter tonight, go back and dig that one. Um, but next week, guys, we're doing a normal full episode. Uh, this time, though, going to the U.K., and I recently watched a, a documentary on this guy to re-familiarize myself with Graham Young, the poisoner, and this is a very, very dark story. I mean, this motherfucker was poisoning everybody, his family, his fucking friends, I mean, people he worked with, fucked up. I mean, really insidious shit. And this was going on, though, from 1962 to 1971 in England, he was only convicted of three murders, but they believe there were many, many more. And uh, we're going to do that one next week. So Graham Young going to the UK, and that should be good. And uh, I'm going to be doing the metal segment, and it'll be on Immortal Possession. Uh, I'm doing the interview with them this week, so that's going to be really cool. So very good. Uh, Murder Metal Mayhem intro by Low 12, of course. Thanks to you guys right. listening. We keep seeing the good numbers rolling in, and we do appreciate that. Um, check Thank out you out there. Thank you, 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 all That's of right. you. All of you. <laughs> uh, check out MurderMetalMayhem.com, guys. The new website. They can go read our bios. You get the CK page on there. Got a cool web store. You can buy T-shirts, stickers, our activity book. All that stuff is in there. And speaking of books, you can go to my website, PeteAltieri.com, if you're interested in reading some horror shit. I got some novels, some horror-type novels. I got some horror-type novels. I got some, I got some short stories. I got whatever the fuck you want, and it's brutal as hell. So if that's your thing, go check that out. Um, you know, we got a Facebook group. They kicked us off of Facebook, but we at least got our group on there. Uh, we do have a Twitter page. We do have a YouTube channel. And uh, so whatever of that stuff you dig, go check it out. Um, we have a Patreon, too, to support the show. Only three bucks a month. Go hit that Patreon, y'all. Come That's on. That's right. Patreon.com slash Murder Metal Mayhem. I'll link to that in the episode description. You can also do that through our website and get 25% off. So if that's your thing, go do that. Uh, but I'm going to fade this one out with another dissection song. This is from the last album I mentioned, Ryan Chaos. Uh, this song is called Black Dragon. I think it's pretty badass. So until next time, horns fucking high. We'll see you next week. Uh, yeah. Later. Later.